Hello and welcome to the Sunshine House podcast. My name is Zanny Louise, children's book author and writing mentor. The Sunshine House is a place where I get to chat to some of my favorite children's book creators and you get to listen in to our conversations. We talk about creativity and how the books are made and everything in between. So if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating or a review on your podcast platform of choice. We also have a sponsorship opportunity. So if you pop by my website, zannylouise.com, you can look at the rates for that and find out how that all works. While you're there at my website, you might like to explore some of my online writing courses. The Sunshine House Children's Book Course is a ongoing course which you can dip in and out of anytime. It has eight different modules currently offering things like picture books, how to write junior fiction, how to run school visits, creating new ideas for stories, lots of different things in there. And as part of the package, you get access to group mentoring sessions, which are every month month and those opportunities to help you clarify what you're doing in your creative life, come up with creative goals. And as a group, we help you work on whatever it is that you're wrestling with in this particular month. There are also one-on-one mentoring services there on the website too, which is basically Zoom sessions with me. I've read your work, I've edited it, and we sit down together to discuss how to make your work stronger and how to get it in front of a publisher. So if you're interested in any of those things, visit me at zannylouise.com. So today I have the pleasure of chatting to Alison Rushby, who you might know from Your Kids Next Read, which is a phenomenal children's book community, which is on Facebook and is a place where you can recommend and get book recommendations from other people. Alison is also a full-time author, so she's written adult books, she's written teen books, middle grade books, and most recently, junior fiction books. And her junior fiction series that's just come out is called The Wish Sisters. It's published by UQP, illustrated by Karen Blair. They're gorgeous little books all about two sisters, in particular, a baby who gets access to unlimited wishes and a big sister who has to clean up all the ensuing mess. So lots and lots of fun, this series. So we have a great chat about Alison's new work. This conversation has been recorded on Bunjalung land. I hope you enjoy listening in. Hi, Alison. Welcome to the Sunshine House. Hi, Zanny. Thank you very much for having me. It's very good to be here. Oh, well, you're looking very sunshiny in your yellow shirt today. So this is not actually my sunshine. I do call it my sunshine shirt. And whenever I wear it, people always ask me where I got it from. It's just, it's a very distinct shade of yellow. And I think people like a little bit of brightness. They do. Well, it's making me feel very happy. So (laughs) I'm happy to talk to you because I've just received two gorgeous little books in the mail. The Wish Sisters, which is a junior fiction series written by you. And I believe this is a new thing for you, junior fiction. Is that correct? It is. It is. So, I mean, I actually started out in adult fiction and then I moved down to young adult and then middle grade. And now, (laughs) no great surprise, here I am at um, junior fiction. But I was not expecting to get into junior fiction, actually, because um, I just, you know, middle grade is probably my real heart zone when it comes to writing. And I just adore middle grade. But 
you know, the funny thing is like wherever I went, people would say, when are you going to write some younger readers? My kids are just burning through, you know, those junior fiction illustrated series so fast. And, and it is true that they need, you know, they read a lot of books at that stage and they can really devour them. And I sort of started to think, well, you know, maybe I should consider getting into that zone. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, So tell us a little bit about the Wish Sisters. What is the concept? The concept is that, you know, as Flick and Birdie, they're the two sisters in the Wish Sisters, uh, they learned very early on, just in the first book, actually, they have no idea to start with, but uh, they have been granted unlimited wishes, which was a gift from their granny, Aggie. Uh, but of course, where wishes are concerned, uh, nothing's ever simple or easy, is it? So the uh, wishes have come via an imp, and the imp likes to twist those wishes. And one of the biggest, you know, twists of all is that Granny Aggie had said she wanted to leave unlimited wishes to her grand babies, and of course. Flick isn't a baby. So oh. only baby Birdie can wish and <laughs> spends a lot of her time getting her little sister out of uh, a lot of wishing trouble. Oh, what a great concept. And what a delicious concept for young kids to think about this unlimited pile of wishes. What inspired that idea? I came at this quite differently, I suppose, because I was looking for an idea. I knew I wanted to write a junior fiction series and what I needed was an amazing idea. Well, you know, that's kind of difficult, isn't it? You don't just come across Mm -hmm. amazing ideas every day. But I do have, um, like many writers, I have uh, a writing, a notebook or an ideas folder. So I went to my ideas folder and actually um, one of the very first things I picked out was this little photo that I'd torn out of something a long time ago. And it was a picture of the Lincoln imp. And he's a little um, grotesque, a little carving that sits up the top of Lincoln Cathedral. And he's this little guy, like he's got this like curly hair and this jaunty little stance and this cheeky little gap tooth grin. Uh, He's like a very minor demon, apparently. And um, I sort of saw him and I thought, I can already see him as an illustration. And so I thought, oh, I don't know much about imps. I'll go look this up. And one of the first things I saw was the imps can grant wishes. And I knew immediately that this would be the basis. This was a great idea and was the basis, you know, for a whole series. I can completely see why that sparked for you. So what was the next process? Was it about developing the characters then? How? What did you go about? Yeah, that was about? kind of interesting because the funny thing was I created a, a little family. I knew I wanted to write about two sisters, uh, a baby and a bigger sister. So I created this little family and I dropped the imp into the family to see what would happen. And you know what happened? Nothing. Mm. Nothing happened. It was really, <laughs> it was really boring. I thought you know, there's lots of books about wishes. Uh, there's lots of books about genies and wishes and granting wishes and things like that. And it wasn't working for me. And then I sort of decided to take a step back and look at each family member. And when I got to Baby Birdie, I was like, instantly I knew this is where the wishes have to be being met. Not the big sister. I don't mm-hmm. want the big sister to be, you know, making sensible wishes or fun wishes or any kind of wishes. What kind of wishes would a baby make? They would be out of the tree, wouldn't they? Like <laughs> you can only imagine what a baby would be wishing for all the time. Just really obscure, strange, in the moment things without thinking of what the recourse was going to be or you know. So I thought, yeah, that's going to be lots of fun. Yeah, lots of fun and lots of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're developing the world, developing the concept. So when I 
sit down and write a junior fiction series, I often uh, focus on the little concept per book and then do a bit of a chapter outline. Did you take a fairly methodical approach to writing this? It was tricky. I have not. I've written um, middle grade trilogies before and um, actually an adult, like a new adult series, really, like an upper YA series, but never down in this zone and in the junior fiction zone. And it was like, it was a big learning experience for me, Mm. actually. So um, I really had to learn how you go about that. And, you know, I sold it on the premise mm-hmm. pretty much. <laughs> so um, I had quite the uh, uphill learning streak to to go through. But what I essentially did was, you know, I, I sort of made this world and then I worked at where, what was my actual story idea going to be for each? What was the main thing that was going to be happening in each little book, really? So, you know, the first one, of course, the characters are learning about the wishes that they've been granted. And uh, there's there's a party that happens, a special party. Um, you know, in the second one, I knew one of the very first ideas I had actually was what would a baby wish for? A baby would wish to be big. So mm-hmm. that was the second book, you know, uh, Birdie Wishes to be Big. And then unfortunately she gets very, very large in the library around a lot of people. Um, so, you know, there's always this situation happening and I, you know, I know that I need to create that situation for each book. But also orbiting all of that, as you'd well know, you're always trying to keep up with everything else. You know, you've got your side characters and they tend to do one particular thing in each book we have a lady next door who's a bit of a nosy neighbor so she's always having a peek over the back fence or Mr Tran across the road is always um, busy with beans his sausage dog you know things like that so you know you're always trying to keep everything orbiting around that main story as well I suppose there's a lot as you well know there's a lot to think about there is a lot to think about but at the same time the language has to be fairly Simple in the sense that young independent readers are reading it to themselves, um, ideally. So is that, how did you approach that? Because you're coming from writing for adults initially and teenagers. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of cutting sentences in too. I can, <laughs> I can say that already. So I'm always sort of mindful of that. Um, I'm always having to go back and revise, oh, that sentence is just too long. That's too difficult a word. Uh, and, you know, there's always words that you'll want to use and you're like, oh, I'm not sure about that word or this word. or um, And, you know, also at the same time, I'm writing a, um, it's still junior fiction, the the Miss Penny Dreadful books for Walker. I'm writing those at the same time. And in those books, it's got quite advanced language. They're for quite Mm. advanced junior fiction readers. So I'm, (laughs) and they're a Victorian series too. So I'm completely Mm -hmm. within these two different worlds and having to pull myself up constantly, actually. Mm. But mm. it's 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 fine. You just have to get into that zone again and you have a good think about your reader. Always be mindful of the reader as you're as you're writing, I suppose. Absolutely. So shorter sentences, shorter paragraphs. Uh and are you identifying particular words that you might find are maybe a little bit too advanced for this particular yeah. series? Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean I'm just trying to remember some of them, but one that came up just recently was like a marquee. And, mm. um, you know, I thought, oh, are they going to know that word? 
is tent a better word, you know, at a fate. So just little little words like that um, often crop up. And mm-hmm. um, actually my editor, Kathy Valance, is amazing. We'll always go back and forth and discuss. So that's really helpful too. Hmm. So you described your picture for the imp, which was really very cool. And I see that that picture uh, has been brought to life fairly accurately by Karen Blair. Oh, Did she's you- so good. She's very clever. <laughs> Did you have much conversation with her in that process? Well, the funny thing was, it it was serendipity, I think, that Karen came on board because, you know, when she started illustrating the imp, she says, oh, it looks so much like, um, you know, she used to live in Lincoln, I think, and she Mm. actually had a little plaster Lincoln imp in her house that, that her partner had bought her. And I was like, it was it was uh serendipitous so she knew exactly what she was doing because she already had a link in him oh wow (laughs) living in her home but she just makes me laugh and love some of the illustrations um I think at one point she has the imp uh, sitting at the kitchen table having a sandwich with the family because the imp's just part of the family now. And she's popped him on top of a tissue box because he's a, he's a little dude. And uh, she's just made his leg sit across the T on tissues. So it just says issues. <laughs> and, uh, so she makes me laugh all the time, actually. So they're just amazing, her illustrations, and exactly what I wanted. The uh. imp is just perfect. That sounds too perfect. Um, (laughs) So how important do you think illustrations are to junior fiction? Oh, they're so important. You know, you do hear all the time there's this, um, I'm one of the admins at Your Kids Next Read, and the parents talk a lot about, you know, how much the kids get out of, how much enjoyment they get out of the illustrations and Mm. reading the illustrations as much as they read the text, which is just, you know, it's just so crucial, isn't it, for early comprehension. They just love those series where they get that added benefit of seeing the characters just come to life before their eyes. Hmm. Yeah. So, and it, you know, it kind of breaks up so the text important. too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It gives that little breather, a little bit of space. And, you know, there's just this extra white space. All the space from the illustration just gives them that little bit of breathing room. But also I think they get a lot of enjoyment when the books feel that little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I often get kids telling me like, oh, I read this book. It was like really big. And, you know, and of course it's been bumped out from the illustrations and the larger text, but they really like to think that they're reading these you know, big kid books, I suppose. Yeah. So I'm really curious about this transition between different age groups that you've sort of touched on. Were there any other challenges you found coming to junior fiction for the very first time or this lower junior fiction, I guess? I think that just learning how to write that extensive series, just to how to keep everything fun and fresh, because it still needs to be, um, I guess, when you're writing up and up and up, things can get bogged down a little bit in problems or, you know, heavier themes. And this needed to be light and fun and fresh and to continue Mm. on from book to book to book to book. And I found that really challenging, actually. The series, when I initially wrote it, was going to be quite different. And we ended up pulling it to pieces and starting again in some ways because I think I just tried to cram too much in, Mm. too much plot, too much theme. And um, what I really needed to do was keep it easy and breezy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just keep it really fun and light. And so it's been kind of refreshing to be able to do that, to allow yourself to do that when you're sort of used to working with, 
you know, sort of heavier themes and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Oh, I definitely relate to that. And you and I are kind of coming from opposite directions because I started with picture books and I worked my way up to junior fiction and middle grade and now teen. You're coming the other direction. So we've kind of, uh, yeah, I'm looking at fleshing out the world and you're looking at, I suppose, pairing it back. But I really resonate with that bit of advice there that you said about simplifying the concept because that's such a tendency, I think, when you approach a new series or a new concept is in your mind, there are often so many layers and so many threads, and it's about learning to find that one little thread that will work for this particular book. Yeah, I think so. I think especially the the side characters, I was just trying, all those secondary characters, I was just trying to give them all a backstory and mm-hmm. <laughs> all this, you know, thought into each character, which you need to do because mm-hmm. you need to understand them, but doesn't need to be on the page. That's right. The ki- kids are quite happy to go, oh, that's the nosy neighbour. That's the nice man who lives across the street. He's got a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice to know, not yeah. necessary to find out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Beans the sausage dog is just as interesting as Mr. Tran. <laughs> and that's fair enough. Beans is yeah. a great dog. So. And if you happen to have a whole folio on each of those characters in your office, then that's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally need to know Beans' backstory, but, yeah. <laughs> not, but not everybody needs to know Beans' backstory. And kids are so good at filling in the blanks anyway like young yeah. kids have such vibrant imaginations that to them being probably does have a whole world and a whole you know thing going yeah, on yeah. exactly you touched on your kids next read which is such a phenomenal community group that you are running with Megan and with the other Allison do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about that community Wow, it's just grown and grown, actually. So I think we're almost at about 29,000 members now. So wow. we must remind ourselves to have a big party when we hit 30,000. <laughs> you know, and it actually doesn't take that long. We get we usually have somewhere between 100 and 150 people join a week. Wow. Um, it's just incredible. And, you know, we always have members saying to us like, oh, it's, you know, just such a nice space and everyone's so kind here. And the truth is, it actually is, it's, community of people who want to give the child in their life be that you know a grandchild a child you know they're the guardian to a child or they're an aunt or uncle whatever they are really invested in handing children the next book that they're going to really enjoy or a book that will really interest them in reading so I think it kind of just attracts nice Mm. kind people and even we're always shocked you know as admins you're always kind of keeping an eye on things And when we see a sort of discussion that might go off the rails, we're continually surprised to find that it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And that people discuss things Mm. like human beings, you know, who are reasonable. (laughs) And um, it does take a lot of admin time and effort, but it feels worthwhile. Everyone's on these different Facebook groups, aren't they? And you do mm-hmm. see ones that just don't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's nice to feel that the time you put into it, uh, that people actually get a lot out of it. Oh, yeah. so much out of it. So for those of people who don't know what it is, it's a Facebook group where you can join and people, uh, you can ask things like, uh, I, I've got an eight-year-old who's interested in this, this, and this. Does anyone have some book recommendations? And then the mm-hmm. community piles in with their wonderful bits of wisdom and advice. And I've come across so many great new titles through that group. So, you know, it is such a gift to everyone. Uh, so thank you for putting in all that amazing time and effort that you do behind the scenes. 
Yeah, I get to run the giveaways, which is the fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's always nice, seeing uh, people's funny answers and and giving away just, you know, all the new amazing books that publishers send to us. It's it's lots of fun, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's such a vibrant community. So you've got a lot on. You've got you're concurrently writing two different series. You you're running this group. I'm sure you do lots of other things, and I believe you have a family and animals and <laughs> lots of things going on. So how do you manage your time, Alison? Oh, badly. No, <laughs> no. I guess I have the luxury of writing full time, so mm-hmm. that makes things easier, and it also makes things easier. My kids are much larger now, so I have a nineteen-year-old, mm-hmm. and a um, so that that's easy in one way because, of course, she can drive and she's working and things like that. But on the other hand, I have a sixteen-year-old who I'm just trying to get through the final years of schooling, mm-hmm. which is always you know a more difficult area. But, um, you know, other than that, my time is my own to write and to plan what I'm writing and to publish and to speak and things like that. You know, I do tend to know what I need to do quite a long way in advance. Like I knew this year I'm publishing a ridiculous amount of books, seven books. Wow. It's just, it's too many and it's very silly. And at one point my agent said, <laughs> do you think that's a little bit too much? And then we went, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> when we both well knew it was going to be too much. Uh-huh. But then next year I actually have nothing that's coming out that's not, that's ah. planned. So, you know, it's the last year, last year and this year were always going to be way too busy. Yeah. And then I'll, I think I'll be able to have a bit of a breather and do a little bit more speaking and festivals and things like that. But I have to admit this is a, this is a ridiculous number of books to have out in a year <laughs> and it's not a very good idea i mean the, uh, five of them are very very short you know they're the junior fiction these the wish sisters series and one of them was not expected at all you know we had planned to do four and then uqp sent me an email saying what do you think about a christmas book mm-hmm. and then the first thing i thought of was i could write about a um a gingerbread person that comes to life and so mm-hmm. i had to say yes oh, fun. so yes i plan in advance and then I just try to squeeze it all in where I can, as well as your kids next read. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you must be yeah. very organised to pull all that off because, of course, it's not just the writing that's involved in a book. Uh, there's so much more that goes yeah. into a book coming out, doesn't it? Do you have a, a period of time around each book when it comes out that you're committed to launch activities, things like yeah. that? Yeah. What I have actually had to be careful of is, of course, you know, when you're um, even though the books are very small in the Wish Sister series, they're only uh, seven and a half thousand words each, where you find your time gets held up is, you know, rounds of copy edits and mm. first pages and a structural edit. And that those will sort of all be happening at the same time mm-hmm. because two of the books came out in February, then two will be in July and then one in November. So there's a lot of things happening concurrently, which you sort of have to schedule in. And then, of course, you need to schedule in around the actual release dates and you know I'm also releasing two series during (laughs) during the year so I'm having to carve out a little bit of time here carve out a little bit of time there yeah 
That's so, incredible. Well, you it must does, be. It, it works somehow. Somehow you make it work. You always make it work, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you must be the busiest person in publishing at the moment. I don't know. I, don't, I, I think we need to find some, there needs to form some kind of support group, I think. <laughs> I think so. Well, you're doing it through your kids next week and all the community that you're part of. So yes. in terms of, oh, you probably don't have a lot of downtime or maybe this is part of your work, but have you read anything really great lately? Because you're obviously coming across lots of great books through your community. Is there anything that's really sparked for you? I have been trying to read more in the junior fiction space just because, um, you know, it's never been a major focus area of mine. And while I was probably aware of a lot of the series out there, I, you know, wouldn't have naturally been something that I would have picked up and read even for work. So, you know, I've been reading ones like um, Jane Godwin's Isabel stories mm-hmm. and Sue Whiting's Pearly and Pig. They're super cute. And Jacqueline Harvey's Willow and Wolf. And, you you know, I'm, try- I'm trying to keep up in that space, but at the same time, I'm also reading a lot of research books for work. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, I often laugh, you know, I always read before I go to sleep and my husband will be in bed reading some, you know, like weighty tome, some massive biography or something mentally stimulating and I'll, <laughs> I'll be reading something very, very short and uh, probably with a pink or a purple cover, (laughs) (laughs) which sometimes makes me laugh. But they're very entertaining. I actually have a very good time reading them, so I cannot complain. (laughs) And you probably have a very good sleep full of lovely wishes and lovely lovely dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably exactly what you deserve after your big busy day of writing. (laughs) Well, it's been so much fun chatting with you. Congratulations on this new series and for taking a, a, well, yet another leap into a whole new genre. It's a fabulous little series of books and I think kids are really going to love them. Oh, great. Thank you, Sandy. No, it's been a pleasure to write. They're just lots of fun. It's a fun little world to be a part of. I can imagine. Well, it's (laughs) been great chatting with you about them. (laughs) Thanks, Sandy. Thank you for listening to the Sunshine House podcast. This episode was produced by Virtual Creatrix. Music was written by Gregor Hutchka and produced by Brett Canning. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave us a review, a rating and share with your friends. All of those wonderful things are much appreciated and help us find new listeners. If you are a creator yourself and would like to tap into a very supportive community, you can search up the Sunshine House Writers and Creatives on Facebook. We will let you in the door and inspire you, support you, all of those wonderful things. I have a new course available called the Sunshine House Children's Book Course, which is a collection of skills and knowledge to cover all sorts of aspects of the children's book industry. If you're interested in checking that out and doing a course from the comfort of home, have a look at my website, zannylouise.com. It's been wonderful spending this time with you today. Have a lovely, sunshiny day.